Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. Also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All that good stuff. And that would be much, much appreciated. I do want to apologize for not getting a pod out the last couple of days. I, I wasn't feeling well and I was working worried a little bit for uh, for my health with uh, you know covid going around and anytime someone gets the sniffles or a headache that's kind of the first thing that that goes through your mind thankfully though I tested negative uh, I did go and get myself a test just to to be safe for my family members and and you know some coworkers that I had interacted with uh, you know a couple of days prior to it but tested negative feeling a lot better since then and by the way if anyone's gotten one of those covid tests where they shove that thing literally to the back of your eyeballs, like through your nose. It it is the most uncomfortable five seconds of my life. Like the lady said, yeah, I'm just going to stick this in your nose and count to five, say a couple of words, and then you'll be good. I was like, okay, laid back, so I put your head back, and then she ran that thing right up my nose, basically tickling my eyeball. It was so far up there. It was the most uncomfortable thing. My eyes started watering. It sucked. It really sucked. But luckily, uh, the test did come back negative. I'm good to go and, uh, you know, ready to get back into this daily coverage here on the Lockdown Lease Pod. So, again, I apologize for leaving you listeners hanging. I hope you understand. And keep rolling with me through this journey, though. And with that being said, let's get to this hockey talk because last night the Leafs beat the Flames 2-1 to in overtime. And, I mean, it wasn't a great game overall, like, if we're being completely honest with each other. It was kind of boring. Not much happened. The series itself was was really a, a yawner, if, I am, if I'm being quite honest with you guys. I, I didn't think it was that great of a, of a game, of a series, of a week. Uh, you could totally tell that... You know, this is a team that is missing a lot of their their guys and, and some of them being energy guys like Wayne Simmons, like a Jake Muzzin, uh, Joe Thornton out of the lineup as well, right? So, you know, it's it's been an interesting couple of games, let's just say. But it ended well, and it ended on a high after, you know, William Nylander finally scoring, right? Like, scoreless through 55 games. Mangiapane gets the Flames on the board, and then a couple minutes later, a scramble in front of the net. Nylander pokes it in to, well, I guess you could, it went like five-hole, basically. Riddick couldn't find the puck. Sends it to overtime, and then feeling good about himself. You know, after a while, he, he, he's feeling pretty good. Got on the board with a greasy goal. Goes over the boards with Matthews and OT. Nets the winner. And, uh, well, all of a sudden, in Toronto, who goes 100-plus minutes without getting a goal in this series, scores two quick ones, one late in the game to bring it to OT, and then Nylander, a nice goal in overtime, um, end up splitting the series, getting two points out of the game, and uh, all, all is fine, I guess, in, in Leafland after getting shut out 3 nothing on that before. It seemed like they were going to get shut out in back-to-back games. But no, Nylander getting himself back on track, scoring both goals for uh, for Toronto. And 
I, I want to go back to that first goal, though, because a, a couple of nights ago, and uh, I think that this may have been kind of the first night I wasn't feeling great, but a couple of nights ago, if you watched, uh, even if you just saw, you know, Sports Center, TSN, or Sportsnet, like the highlights, and, and even if you just followed it on Twitter or whatever, there was a goal uh, in the Montreal and Ottawa game where Brendan Gallagher. Uh, seemingly scored the overtime winner, or scored the, sorry, not the overtime, it was a regulation game winner with like two seconds left, but it ended up getting reversed call back due to goaltender interference. Uh, my personal stance on it is that it, it wasn't. I thought Matt Murray had more than enough time to get back uh, into position. Um, he kind of just gave up on the play, if you ask me. Why am I bringing this up? Because... If I were to put the two goals, the Brendan Gallagher goal and then also this William Nylander goal side by side, and I said one of these goals counted, one of these did not, I probably would have chose the one where uh, there was a literally just a pile up in the net impeding David Riddick from doing his job, and that would have been the one that I thought was the one that didn't go in. Like, the type of inconsistency sometimes in sports is incredible. And obviously, I don't, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I guess it worked out in Lee's favor that the goal was scored. But at the same time, I think consistency is a real issue when it comes to uh, officiating in the NHL right now. And especially when it comes to uh, when you're looking at uh, goals that become very subjective and uh, the other night was kind of an example of one that I felt should have been a goal and then if you look at it although I also believe that Nylander should be but I, I, <laughs> if you look at the two it just seemed like Nylanders there was way more impediment which was apparently the phrase and the verbiage that was used to go uh, uh, you know Matt Murray was impeded with and unable to do his job inside of his crease you could say the exact same thing to David Riddick when there were 10 bodies in there, uh, you know, while he's sitting there searching for the puck on his knees and getting knocked on and someone's sitting on his stick. And anywho, uh, regardless, Nylander able to find the loose change, tuck it into the back of the net, sending it to overtime. Uh, he was, he, you know, it's nice to see because there's, Obviously, a lot of discussion over William Nylander as of late, and with after the uh, the article that came out in the Toronto Star or uh, the Toronto Sun, sorry, with um, shoot, why am I blanking here? Steve Simmons, we talked about it last week, but you know, and, and to see him going to the dirty areas and and scoring, taking the puck to the net on the OT winner, uh, it's nice to see Nylander kind of look like he's getting back on track. This is the the Willie Bill Nylander that uh, that scored, uh, you know. 30-plus goals a season ago. So it's nice to see that he's starting to pick up some steam here and nice to, to see him getting a couple more goals. Hopefully this is uh, this is a chance for him to break out because usually we see this stuff come in bunches, right? So let's hope that this is uh, the start of a good stretch here for Nylander. And then hopefully Tavares is next. You know, we need to get him going. He, he didn't have a great game last night either. He's been rather... I mean, I guess we'll we'll choose our words carefully, but underwhelming for the most part, you know, for for a lot of this season. I felt he had a good response game after the article came out last week, but, you know, the the last couple games been rather underwhelming, right? Just kind of inexistent, just kind of out there. 
So maybe we can get him going as well. A um, couple other things that stood out to me in the game. Obviously, uh, Travis Dermott, I-, I felt that it was his best game of the year. Played 22 minutes. And outside of the goal where Mangiapane scored, you know, he didn't really give him that much. Like, it really, the-, the team as a whole didn't. And, you know, that that really helps when you have a guy like Michael Hutchinson who isn't quite, uh, you know, Connor Hellebuck, uh, Vasilevsky, Carey Price out there. Not even a Freddie Anderson, you know. So when you're not giving him... Um, you're not giving opposing teams really good looks and you really limit their their high danger chances and you allow him to see things and, and you only allow you know easy shots to get through from low event angles it's it's gonna be easier on your goaltender and that's kind of um what what had happened and, and Dermot did a really good job you know sp- split kind of half the game on you know on the Goudreau line and then half the game playing against the Monaghan line. So he, he did quite a bit uh, where he's facing off against most of their talent. And it's nice to see, right? Like this is a guy who had some healthy scratches earlier in the year. Um you know, didn't didn't wasn't getting a, a big opportunity, but now Jake Muzzin out of the lineup, and he ends up with top four minutes. And, and you could tell even yesterday how much how much trust that he has built within the coaching staff because they played him for for over twenty two minutes. And, and you're not just gonna play a guy twenty two minutes just for the sake of doing it. He was out there for big moments of this game. He was out there and playing well against their top players. So, you know, I, I, I want to give Dermot some love there, and uh, Nylander obviously got to give him that love. And Michael Hutchinson. And, and look, these three guys, I mean, they're my three stars as well, like in, 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 in a different order, I suppose. But, you know... It, Hutchinson played well. He was good. He he didn't he didn't he hasn't had a bad game yet either. Like team defense is is certainly helping with that. I think, like I said, they're limiting um, you know high danger chances. They're they're not giving up as much um, in front of them. They're not leaving them out to dry. So overall, as a team, they bought in to help. And has it cost them some offense? Seemingly, it looks like it. Obviously, the last couple of games, um, only able to get. Well, one regulation goal uh, in the two games that he played, but he's been good enough to keep him in it and give them chances to win, even the night where they lost three nothing. I, I mean, it, <laughs> you you would hope that you only allow two goals through two periods that a team like Toronto can go out there, flip the switch, and end up tying that game, right? Like, like I think he did his part. Only giving up two goals through 40 minutes. That, that's what you got. That's all you can ask out of your backup. Not your backup. Technically, he was your fourth string going into the in, into the season, and uh, so he's played really well. So certainly, uh, you know, there's no goalie controversy. That's that's for damn sure. Freddie is the number one on this team, and and even when Jack Campbell gets back, uh, which by the way, coming up later in the pod, gonna give a little bit of an update on the guys who are injured. Um, we got some updates today, so so we'll. Be sure to do the, that as well, uh, but but 
you know, he, it's not like he's going to work his way into this team. I, I don't think he's, uh, you know, the next Chris Dreger or the next Jordan Bennington who is going to be, be go from being the fourth goalie in the, on the team on the depth chart to all of a sudden being your number one. I, I don't think that's going to be the story of Michael Hutchinson, at least not here in Toronto. But he's played well in the few games that uh, that that he's had to for the Maple Leafs. And, I mean, he's picked up, what, two, uh, four, yeah, four of a possible six points. What more can you ask for out of your backup goalie? All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get to our three stars. Uh, probably not going to spend too much time because, I mean, the three stars are pretty easy. We basically just talked about them. Um, but when we do, we'll do that, and then we will later also get to the injury roundup and kind of get a, get a, a look at, what's going on with some of these Maple Leafs. We'll also hear some a clip from Sheldon Keefe in regards to Austin Matthews and an injury that he's been dealing with a little bit. So we'll do all that in a little bit. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys all about betonline.ag. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast, who one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, still with you. And we'll go through our three stars of the game as the Maple Leafs defeated the Flames 2-1 to in overtime last night. And uh, one of the better players on the night, who I'm giving my third star to, is Travis Dermott. You know, we, we spoke about him a little bit earlier on today, but I thought it was his best game of the year. He was great. And, you know, you look at the ice time. Keith must have liked his game, too. Played 22 minutes, 14 seconds. Sure, he was technically uh, on the ice for the lone goal against. But, I mean, it wasn't necessarily his fault. Uh, you know, he w- he was in charge of the man down behind the net. Mangiapane snuck into the slot and was able to get a, a good shot off there. But outside of that, you know, Dermott. Nearly perfect. Didn't give the Flames uh, many opportunities, and I felt that he was uh, one of the best games that he's had of the year for sure. Uh, Second star for me, Michael Hutchinson. I I can't tell you how many times I thought that (laughs) I never thought that I would have Michael Hutchinson in my three stars especially going into the year, right? Like, he, first of all, he was the, the number four goalie, and now all of a sudden he's our number one for the last few games, and he's the second star of a 2-1 win for the Maple Leafs. Like, it's it's really bananas, something I certainly didn't expect to see. But here we are, um, you know, a near-perfect game. Made 21 at 22 saves. Uh, did he have to make a lot of saves? No. Did he, ha- did he look like uh, an all-star tonight? No. Only six high-danger chances against. So, you know, fairly low-event hockey being played within, you know, his own zone out in front of him. So pretty easy saves that he got to make. But at the end of the day, he needed to make those saves, and he made those saves, right? When you make the saves that you need to, that's, you know, what you need. That's what you ask 
of your backup goaltender. Just make the saves that you need to. We'll try and not give up a lot of good opportunities, which they did. Um, and, and, and that'll give you a chance to win the game with your backup. And that's exactly what happened. So being able to to grab four of six points in uh, three of the last four games that that Hutchinson um, has had to start for this team has been big. You know, like there was question marks when he started that game against Ottawa last week. Man, is this guy even uh, going to get an opportunity? Maybe you should roll Freddie Anderson on back-to-backs. Do we even want Hutchinson to take the net? All of that for naught. You know, you fast forward a week later and he's won two of three games for you and has become your number one goalie. I mean, out of happenstance, of course. But like that's that's <laughs> that's where Hutch is at right now. So he gets my second star of the game. First star of the game, well, obviously you gotta give it to Bill Nye the wrist shot guy, you know, Willie Nylander going out there, scored a garbage game tying goal. And then scored a beauty in overtime to give the Leafs a win. And, you know, not to kind of, you know, beat a dead horse here or harp on Steve Simmons. But, you know, nice to see him going into the areas where you can score goals. You know, you go into the blue paint and, you you know, you tap away at some garbage. You get a goal. And then again, in overtime, you get a little bit of speed, you attack the net instead of pulling up like he so often does and looking for an outlet pass, he just takes it right there for it. He takes it right to the net, takes it and then roofs it and the game's over. So it was nice to see Nylander uh, taking some charge in his game and, and you know we get to see that assertiveness that we've seen at times from Nylander and it's really good uh, to see that happening. Hopefully we see it. Uh, a lot more. So those are my three stars of the game. Like I said, wasn't going to spend too much time going over them because we talked about them for the most part uh, as we discussed this game. Because uh, it was a two-one hockey game. There, you know. So we talked about the guy who scored both the goals. Talked about the goaltender. They're obviously going to be two of the stars. And then you know, Dermot playing twenty-two minutes is is a story. It was a storyline. So we talked about that as well. So you know, like that that was just it was going to be a short three star segment because we had already talked about all of these guys. Uh, but anyways, coming up next though, we are going to talk about some injury news to the Maple Leafs, kind of get you an update on some of these guys. Uh, Cause it, I mean, if you recall, sure the Leafs, they, they split this series. They only were able to muster up one goal in regulation. And, the Flames got to feel good taking three out of four points after, you know, it, it looked like that team was spiraling coming into this series. And then their, their starting goaltender, who had been their horse all season long, goes down to injury, and it wasn't looking good. And then they say, okay, Dave Riddick, pretty good game, shuts out the Maple Leafs night one, and then takes them all the way to overtime in a 1-1 game through regulation on night two, ultimately gives up the extra point in overtime with the uh, the Golden Elander. But regardless, they pick up three out of four points when that team could have really started sputtering and going in a downward direction on their season. But if you think about it, the fact that the Maple Leafs were actually able to pick up two points in this series is kind of impressive. Like, they could have folded. 
like night one, it, Freddie Anderson goes down 30 minutes before uh, before the game starts. We hear, okay, Anderson actually not going to play with a lower body injury. And then we hear Zach Hyman's going to be it, or in the morning skate, rather. You knew that Zach Hyman was going to be out, as was Jake Muzzin. And um, who else missed that game? So Jake Muzzin, Zach Hyman. Uh, Joe Thornton also was uh, was was going to be held out of that game, and then later on in the day, right before puck drop, we hear that oh, Freddie Anderson's not ready to go either. So we're starting our four string goalie, Michael Hutchinson. Yay! They end up losing that game three nothing. Okay, Zach Hyman gets back, inserted into the lineup. No Freddie Anderson though for game two. Still no Jake Muzzin. Still no Joe Thornton. You couple that without. Wayne Simmons being on the lineup. Also the fact that they are starting Michael Hutchinson because not only Anderson's out, but Jack Campbell is out. You know, the fact that they were able to win games with all of these injuries is pretty impressive. You know, they haven't been great games, but you're missing some real core veteran pieces of this lineup that I think is... Kind of, t- it's it's not allowing them to get that energy. So, the fact that they came away with two points, didn't get embarrassed. I think we could be we could be okay with that. I think we can be all right with that. Uh, but speaking of all those injuries, uh, we'll we'll take a quick break when we come back. Tell you about what's going on with them. You know, when are, when's Freddie going to be back? Is this a long-term thing, short-term thing? What's going on? It's a little secretive here. You know, what about Jake Muzzin? You know, hey, hey, is Joe Thornton going to be back this way? We're going to discuss all that next. But before I do, let me tell you guys all about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock. Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Lease podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Um, So, yeah, we are going to have a discussion about the injuries that have occurred to this team. So we'll talk about all the players right now who are not in the lineup and have uh, who are experiencing injuries and have missed the past little bit. Uh, But along with these guys who have been out, there is a player who apparently has been dealing with an injury basically all season, according to Sheldon Keefe. This player is Austin Matthews. Uh, I think it was it a wrist injury earlier that, that made him miss. Maybe it was a back injury. But he missed that game in Edmonton with an injury. Uh, I don't know if that is when his wrist also was, was hurting him. But regardless... Uh, Sheldon Keefe said that his wrist injury has been kind of affecting him all season long. Uh, here, let me find the clip because I, 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 
do have it here. Yeah, I think it's something that, that can be treated. I mean, he's been dealing with it for a long time now throughout the season and hasn't slowing them down. Uh, obviously today it was, it was a factor, but we do have a couple of days here before we play again, uh, a couple of the you know, day off, full day off tomorrow and then a uh, practice and travel day. And then we get out uh, West. So you know, we'll see how he is. Look at you to take care of him and monitor it. Uh, you know, we don't think it's anything, anything more at this point than what he's, what he's been dealing with. All right. So, yeah, he's been dealing with it for a while, apparently. Uh, a wrist injury, I guess it affected him last night as well, they said. But isn't that something? The fact that Austin Matthews, with an injured wrist, has been able to score at will nearly a goal per game pace, and the way that he's been doing it, like just lethal, lethal shots with an injured wrist, it just goes to show how talented this guy is and how like driven he is to win that he's putting his body like at risk on the line each and every night he's like yeah my wrist is, is killing me but like i'm still go out there and score <laughs> want to win the game got to get those two points get in the playoffs once you get to the dance then we got to you know win a couple of games win a couple of rounds all of a sudden the guys you know in Arizona in the summertime drinking out of the cup like that's the type of I'm not saying that they're going to win the cup obviously uh, we hope that happens but this isn't my projection I'm just saying you know Matthews is bought in he's bought in right now he's dialed in and a little wrist injury he's just gonna fight through it that's what big poppy does you know big Tony he's gonna fight through this he'll be I right. And uh, I still expect this guy to to keep scoring those goals almost every single night, basically. All right, uh, moving on here to uh, a couple more injuries. I guess we'll we'll keep with the forwards first, then we'll move to the D, and then the the goaltenders kind of kind of stay a little bit uh, in in each lane here. But so Wayne Simmons. He's been out for a while with that broken wrist, uh, had a six-week timeline. It's been nearly three weeks, so we're, we're still uh, a ways away from him returning. And I think it's interesting, um, something that I've noticed. I don't know if you guys have. Let me know uh, if, if this is just me uh, maybe just, you know, finding things to talk about or finding things to 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 discuss but it it does seem like this team has played a little bit different since Simmons came out of the lineup there doesn't seem to be as much energy uh there doesn't seem to be uh, as much kind of uh, aggression you know like Simmons just brought something to this team and did something to this team that that they just played better when he was there, whether they were on his line or not. The whole team just he had some sort of infectious style to his game that the rest of the team up their play for whatever reason. And I feel like that's that's lacked a little bit uh, in the last few weeks since he's gone down. Um, so he's still a few weeks away from returning. Think about that six week timeline. Got injured early Feb. We're still probably looking at about three weeks to a month before uh, before Simmons comes back uh, to the lineup. Uh, okay, Joe Thornton out with a lower body injury. He's missed the last two games. You'll recall he also missed 
um, about 10 games earlier this season. So Thornton's missed quite a bit, but he should return this weekend. And he was really on fire. Like he returned from that 10 game hiatus, had a four point, uh, four game point streak going. He had seven points in those four games. Uh, after returning before going down once again. So I guess he still has that point streak going. Uh, should return this weekend, though, as a take on the Edmonton Oilers. So there's your your update on Jumbo Joe Thornton. And I would expect for him to once again get reunited on that top line. You know, Thornton, Matthews, Marner, let's make it happen. Um, okay, moving on to the D right now. So... Rasmus Sandin, and I know Sandin's not with the NHL, but regardless, I still thought we should give an update on him because if you're not too familiar, uh, he fractured his foot a couple of, couple of, it may have been a few days ago here now. Uh, he's going to be reevaluated mid-March, so he's going to be out for, for quite some time here with a fractured foot. And and it's really unfortunate, right? Like you got a, a 20-year-old kid basically you know, he's basically losing an entire year of development. You know, he he spent, obviously, it's a COVID short year, so his offseason wasn't able to do as much. Um, only played five minutes the first month of the year when he was up with the big club in the one game that he was able to get into. So, that you know, he hasn't been able to get much on-ice Productivity hasn't been able to develop on the ice. And then once he finally gets to the AHL to begin, you know, that season to finally getting some ice time, he became the guy. Boom, broken foot out for uh, out for, for quite a while, at least a month. Really unfortunate uh, season here for, for Rasmus Sandin, a guy who Toronto really needs to grow into, hopefully, a, a top-end defenseman. A top-four defenseman is obviously the, the most hope because he's a guy you took in the first round, and, and you want him to be a, a big contributor to your team. And now, you know, it's it's going to be tough when you lose out a full year at such a young age, uh, which he's you know, not going to miss out on a full year, but quite a bit of it. Quite a bit of it. So that's that's some really unfortunate news for Rasmus Sandin. Uh, Jake Muzzin, the other guy, um, the other defenseman right now who is out with injury. Uh, obviously, Travis Dermott has done a, a decent job, did really good last night filling in for, uh, for Muzzy. Got a broken bone in his face that he suffered uh, in the Canadians game. Yeah, because he missed Monday as well. Uh, that's kind of the first game that he missed. Kind of unclear when he's going to return. Uh, I think he's expected to be back sooner rather than later. And they'll just wear like a face shield or full cage. Um, but clearly uh, they're they're kind of taking their time. They don't want him to, to rush him back by any means, and they don't need to, you know, being up at the top of the rankings, you know, I guess that gives them a little bit of flexibility. Obviously, you want to win every single game and try and win as much as you can, but when you are a team that is first in the division, first in the NHL, if you have some guys who are dealing with some injuries, you kind of have the luxury of giving them a couple extra days to to you know, get ready and, and be good to go. So whether or not we'll see him this weekend, uh, kind of unclear, uh, but hopefully he'll be back rather soon. I, I don't expect this to be a long-term injury for uh, Jake Muzzin. Okay. The goaltenders. Oh, man. So obviously Michael Hutchinson has been this team's number one. Well, why is that? 
because the team's real number one, Freddie Anderson, is still day-to-day with a lower body injury. Uh, I tweaked something, obviously, in the game against Montreal and uh, has just been kind of rehabbing it, I guess. I think he's going to travel with the team out west. Uh, he should play Saturday. Uh Apparently, it's it's nothing serious. That's what Sheldon Keefe keeps trying to say. Whether he's downplaying it or he's legitimately saying, nah, he should be good to go. I don't know. But look, this injury at the end of the day, you know, Anderson has played a lot due to, to Campbell's injury, which we'll talk about in a moment. And because of that, this injury is now kind of giving him uh, some time off, some some deserved, some needed time off. You know, give him a full week off between games. Uh, only one game within a 10-day span. So when he does come back, he should be fresh. And a fresh Freddy is the best Freddy. So uh, the fact that they still have been able to win games, you're right. They won two out of the three games that uh, he didn't start is a good thing. And, and now he comes back a little, maybe a little energized, recharged. And away we go for you know, the the next two-thirds of the season. Uh, and, and Jack Campbell, who's been out for quite some time now, still no updates for whatever reason on Campbell. Just keeps saying, yeah, still not ready to go. He's been skating. I, I, I've, you know, read these reports that he's skating at least. So he can't be that far away, but still uh, far enough where they're not even entertaining the fact that uh, he is going to be coming on this road trip. Uh, that he's going to be starting games anytime soon, uh, but you know, don't don't get it twisted either. Okay, Michael Hutchinson playing well the last couple of nights. You know, he's been he's been far better than I think any of us expected, and you know, collecting uh, four out of a possible six points is great. But when Jack Campbell's back, he's going to be the team's number two, right? Strong play of Hutchinson is not going to, you know, overtake Jack Campbell for the number two spot. What it has allowed them to do is give Campbell all the time he needs to get 100%, but it's not going to cost him his job. So there's that. But all this to say, like, that's a that's quite a bit of injuries here for, for this team. And considering that, like, they just keep going, they keep winning, next man up, they're winning in different ways, whether it's it's blowing out the Sen 7-3 or the Canucks 5-1 or they're just edging out the Flames 2-1. They're keeping it tight and close against Edmonton, right? Uh, you know, a good, solid game from both ends against Montreal where you're hanging in there shot for shot, kind of a track meet type game. It's it's They've been winning games in different ways, which is nice to see. And with all of these injuries, they are still, winning games I think that's the most important thing right they've had guys like Nick Patan come in and fill in nicely in a couple of games here and there Bear Bonov has come in and, and played decently in the couple games that he's been back uh, since these injuries have started to to really ramp up here Dermot like we talked about earlier you know really stepping in having a couple of nice games as well here in this Calgary series proving hey maybe this guy is a top four defenseman let's let's not write this dude off quite yet like some people were were doing earlier in the year trying almost you know trying to trade Dermot out of town and Michael Hutchinson obviously also stepping up he's made an impact it's nice to see it's good to see 
Um, yeah, that'll that'll do it for for today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.